but I'm going to say some things tonight you may not have ever heard. Miles Monroe changed my message last night. Before I go to bed, a lot of times I'll turn on a, a preacher and listen. As I'm falling asleep, I'm hearing what they're preaching, and he kind of woke me up <laughs> instead of put me to sleep. And I'd been studying on the birth of Christ and the prophecy in Isaiah. You remember last week, if you were here, we talked a lot about the prophesying that took place some 600 years before Jesus was born, and we'll mention that again tonight. But there's some things that took place, and I'm going to read them, so let me get into the Word. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read verse 26 and 27. Very familiar scriptures. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them, talking about man, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. I want to stop there for a minute. God said, let them have dominion. He did not say, and will have dominion. Talking about him and man. Now, understand, I'm not leaving God out of this, but God said, let them, let man that I'm creating in my image, let them have dominion. Who's them? That's us. What do we have? Dominion. We have dominion. Uh, we, we rule over an area, and that's over our own lives. We don't rule over other people. Let me read on here. He said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. When I go fishing, I just tell them, get on my hook in the name of Jesus. <laughs> over the fowl of the air. I haven't tried that yet. Over the cattle, over the earth, all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. God said that we have dominion over that. God gave man dominion over all of that. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit. God created man in his image after his likeness. We're a spirit and he put us in a dirt body. Tell this people over here. We are spirit and God put us in a dirt body. So you just dirt. <laughs> I'm just dirt too. We're all made of dirt, okay? All right. We had to have a dirt body that was of the earth in order for the spirit to be put into. There has to be a body. People that, you know, we were like, oh, man, them spirits are just floating around, and I'm afraid of them demons and stuff like that. Look, demons need bodies to get into, and he has found some people at times. <laughs> Don't be one of those bodies, amen? If you're going to let a spirit get in you, let it be Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, get in you and fill you up, amen? You remember when, when uh, Jesus cast the devils out of the guy that had the legions of demons and there was 2,000 hogs? Y'all remember the story? 
and he cast the devil out of the guy, the devils, multiple devils, and they went and entered into the swine, and they ran over the cliff into the lake and drowned. It's in the Bible. I mean, we need to read this stuff. There's real things that go on. There's supernatural things that take place, and I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm just saying, hey, let's get filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's get the Spirit of God in us. And I'm not saying, oh, well, the devil, he's just going to take us over. No, he can't take us over if we don't yield to him. Amen. He needs a body to operate in. Well, I'm going to read a little bit further here in just a minute. And he found him a body to operate in in the Garden of Eden. And it was a serpent. Okay. All this time when God created man, I'm going to just kind of talk through some of this instead of going and reading them a lot more scripture because I got a lot more to read (laughs) Adam was disobedient to God remember God put Adam and Eve in the garden said of all the fruit trees you can eat but do not eat of the tree in the midst of the garden in the middle of the garden a tree of knowledge of good and evil don't eat of it if you eat of it the day you eat of it you're going to die and what did they do they ate of it and what happened they died spiritually okay so now man's in a mess so i want y'all to get in the garden with me let's let's all in our minds get to where this started out man messed up adam and eve messed up it was adam's fault it wasn't eve's you women should have said amen (laughs) it was adam's fault it was not eve's fault god told adam don't eat of that Adam should have said, Eve, don't eat of that. When she said, it's good, you eat some, he should have said, no. (laughs) Guys, we got to get a backbone. (laughs) Amen. Sometimes you have to tell your wife, no. She tells you no sometimes. (laughs) Come on, let's get a little humor in this place. (laughs) <laughs> okay so man is in a bad fix now we've we've done messed up we disobeyed god adam did and we're in adam to begin with we're in adam so adam plunged all of mankind all of human race everyone that was born after adam was plunged into sin because of what adam did we were born after adam whatever he was that's who we was We were born in the flesh, and in the flesh he had already disobeyed God, and the Spirit of God had left him, and he's on his own now. Anybody ever been on your own? (laughs) It ain't good. I'm telling you, we need to have God in his Spirit living in us, working through us to give us the ability and the power that we need to withstand the enemy's onslaught against that he comes against us with. Amen? Man had dominion, and he relinquished dominion to the devil, to Satan, to to Lucifer. Let me go on and read a little bit. Uh, In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, this is in the New Testament. I'm going to skip around a little bit, but I'm going to throw these things out so we get a picture of what took place. Romans 5, 12, Wherefore, as by one man, that's talking about Adam, sin entered into the world, 
and death by sin. So when sin entered into the world, it allowed death to come upon mankind. And so death passed upon all men. How many? How many? Death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. It wasn't your sin that got you in the fix you're in. It was Adam's sin that got you in the fix that you're in. But your sin can still mess you up if you live in sin continuously. Okay? So I, I want to throw that out. And I'm not preaching a sermon on sin and your condemnation and all that. Sin is real. Sin is destructive. And sin's what got us into this mess. Amen. The wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. So now, because of what Adam did, all mankind has a debt to pay, and that debt is we got to die. Okay? Y'all, I want y'all to just follow me here. The debt must be paid of all mankind. Mankind needs a redeemer. Either we're going to have to give our life or somebody. You remember I talked about a representative man a couple weeks ago that Jesus is our representative. He stood in our place on our behalf. He went to the cross for us. He didn't have any sin. He took ours. Amen. So Jesus, our representative, he went and did what we would have had to do, which would be die for our sin. But if you die for your sin, you're going to probably die in your sin. Amen. Jesus died for our sin so that we would not have to die in sin. Okay? All right, so let's just keep going real slow. Now go back to Genesis chapter 3. Look at verse number 14. It's, this is in the Amplified Bible. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, can I stop just a minute? I, I, I hate to keep doing this, but listen. We've got to get a hold of what God's trying to say. You remember when Adam and Eve ate of the garden, of the fruit of the garden that they weren't supposed to, of the tree, and God comes looking for them, and they're hid out. They realize they're naked. They hid out. God comes, where are you at? Hey, Adam, where are you at? It's like, oh, I heard you coming. We're hid. We were naked. He said, who told you is naked? See, there starts to be some questions. God starts asking some questions. But the, it ain't God's questions that the problem is. The devil asks Eve. The first question in the Bible is the devil asking Eve, has God really said that you'll die? You know, you can eat. He didn't say you couldn't eat of the fruit. The devil will question in your mind what God has already said to you. And I'm telling you, we need to learn a question from the devil. And we need to learn what the Word of God says so that when we know what God's Word says and the devil comes and questions us, we tell him, get behind me, Satan. I'm not doing what you're telling me to do. God said, do not eat, so I ain't eating. Your flesh will tell you, yeah, but it looks so good. I know what your flesh tells you. Same thing my flesh tells me. 
why does he not want us to eat that? We always come up with these ideals that we're pretty smart and we think we're smarter than God. And we fall into the trap sometime and we believe what the devil says and it really gets us in a fix. That's what happened in this. But the Lord said to the serpent, because Adam passed the buck to Eve, Eve passed the buck to the serpent. Now God's confronting the serpent. Okay? He said, because you've done this, you're cursed more than all the cattle and more than any animal of the field. On your belly shall you go, and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. Now this is God talking to the serpent, to Satan, in, in the snake. Remember I said he had to have a body to operate through? He got in the devil, or the devil got into him. I call them both the same thing. Any snake's a devil as far as I'm concerned. I hope you don't have a pet snake. <laughs> don't get mad at me. <laughs> I don't like them. <clears throat> Moving right along, verse 15. God's still speaking. He said, I will put enmity, open hostility between you and the woman. I'm glad it was between him and the woman. <laughs> And between your seed, your offspring, and her seed, can I stop right there for a minute? The woman don't have seed. The man has seed. And the woman takes the seed and produces a child with that seed. And the woman does not produce blood for the baby, but the blood comes from the father. Okay? I'm not a doctor, but I just read that, so, you know. I want to sound real smart with this, but I'm telling you, the daddy is the one that produces the blood for the baby, okay? And that's a good thing because when we get into what I'm getting into here in just a minute, you're going to realize it had to be that way. He shall fatally bruise your head. Now, this is God talking to the serpent. There's a seed coming from the woman, and he shall fatally bruise your head and you shall only bruise his heel. That's good news for us, bad news for the devil. In reality, what God told the devil in the garden is, Christmas is coming. Now, I'm, I, I got a hold of this last night, that God began to prophesy the coming of the Messiah right there when he said, the seed is coming, and her seed is going to crush your head, devil. Now, I love the way God is. He just throws it out. God didn't tell the devil every move he's fixing to make. And you don't need to either. He just said, you're in trouble. Your head's going to get crushed by the seed from the woman. Now the devil's wondering, I wonder what woman it is, and I wonder what seed it is. He found out eventually, but, but listen to this. Man, you remember when Herod heard that Jesus had been born when the wise man come through and told him, hey, we're going, we see the star, an angel told us to go and worship. Okay, the king, he's a king, going to be the king. Well, Herod was a king. It's like, well, wait a minute. You ain't taking my place. I'm going to tell you, all you kings, y'all need to bow down and get ready to receive the king of kings and the Lord of lords. See, we are kings now in this life. The Bible tells us in Revelation, you're now kings and priests now in this life. 
we need to say, you know what? I might be a king, but he's king of kings. So we need to bow down to him. But you know what Herod did? He, he was going to go. He told those wise men, when you find him, come back to me and tell me where he's at so I can go worship him too. Lying devil. <laughs> I'm glad that there's angels and I'm glad the Holy Spirit is in us. The angel of the Lord went to them and said, y'all don't go back the way you came. Don't go to Herod. When Herod found out that he had been duped, you know what he said? Go kill all the babies from zero to two years old, from new birth to two years old. Go kill them. Why? He's afraid that there's going to be a king that takes his place. You know, the devil's doing that today. Killing babies, killing them, killing them, killing them. Why? Because every baby born is a potential devil whipper. <laughs> every baby that comes on, that's born on this earth, has authority over the devil. Every one of us. Your baby has authority over the devil. What did I read? We created in God's image after his likeness. And he said, you have dominion over. Everybody that's born on the earth has dominion over the devil. So don't be afraid of the devil. Amen. So we have authority and the devil don't like it. And the devil wants to kill not just the babies. The devil wants to kill everybody that don't believe in him or don't serve him. He's going to have a rough time. He had a rough time. I'm going to get to this story. I, I got 22 minutes. I'm just taking my time here. We're going to put the punchline in on the devil. The devil's the one getting whooped. God done told him, look, the seed of woman fixing to stomp your head. And all you're going to do is bruise his heel. The devil's now worried. It's like, you know, if somebody says, hey, I'm coming to get you on the phone, hangs up. If you ain't got your pistol with you, you might get scared. <laughs> Moving right along. First Peter chapter 1, begin with verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as of the lamb without blemish and without spot who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifested in these last times for you I'm going to read some more scripture that goes along with this he was before ordained way before we ever sinned, listen to this, before we ever sinned in the garden, before Adam ever sinned in the garden, Jesus Christ was slain from the foundations of the world. The, the provision for our salvation is already done. All he needs now is a body to put him in to kill him in. You say, nah. I don't know about this. I'm telling you, as far as God's concerned in His image, Jesus has already died for our sin before we ever committed it. 
And God, the provider, our provider, has provided everything that we ever will have need of long before we ever needed it. He knew we needed it before we needed it. He knew we needed it before we knew we needed it. He knew we was going to sin before we ever sinned. He knew what Adam was going to do before he ever said, don't eat. When God gives man a choice, he knows man's always going to make the wrong one. Hello, I'm talking to y'all. <laughs> I ain't talking to them people that ain't here tonight. Yeah, they, them guys, you know how they are. I'm telling you how we are. We mess up. We have messed up. I'm not saying we're all bad and always mess up every time. I'm just saying we messed up. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But before we ever came into existence, God already preordained Jesus. I'm going to read more scripture. Revelation chapter 13 verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life. Now listen, he's talking about the devil and those will worship him whose names are not written in the book of life. How many of y'all have your name written in the Lamb's book of life? We got our name written in the Lamb's book of life. When we said, yes, I do, we're in the book of life. But those whose names are not written in the book of life, of the Lamb, Jesus is the Lamb, slain from the foundations of what? From the foundation of the world, Jesus was slain. You say, well, wait a minute. He ain't even been born yet. Let me tell you something. You were forgiven before you were ever born. Got quiet in this full gospel Presbyterian church. I'm not trying to be heavy. What I'm trying to show you is the provision has been provided before we ever even needed it. And everything that we need, I'm telling you, God has in store for us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. This is a prophecy that's coming to pass. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's what we needed. Remember, we were in the garden. We needed a Savior. He's going to come. He shall save his people from sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Moving right along. Here's another prophecy. Isaiah 61, verse 1. Isaiah is prophesying. He says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of God 
to comfort all that mourn. Now, I want you to look at Luke chapter 4. Remember, Isaiah 61 is some 600 years prior to Luke chapter 4, okay? Luke chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus just comes in out of the wilderness, having been tempted of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. He overcame the devil. He comes in, and he, he walks in. And look here, verse number 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Jesus went to the synagogue to teach as was his custom. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Jesus looked and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears can you imagine a prophecy that's 600 years old comes a man comes into your synagogue to your church picks up the book finds it begins to read it and says this is me you know what they did they got mad at him you, read, you finish reading that, they're ready to throw him over a cliff. Right outside the building, there's a cliff, and they, they want to throw him over. Why? Well, I don't know if we just don't believe that the Word of God that's been spoke a long time ago, we've been waiting so long on it to happen, we just don't know if that's really true or not. Here's a man stands up and quotes exactly what the prophet said 600 years earlier, said today... This scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Well, I'm telling you that today there's many scriptures that's fulfilled in your ears. What God talks about his people, he really means what he says about you. Some of the things that Jesus did, it's unbelievable. He even said the, there wouldn't be room enough to contain the books that we'd write about the works that he did. We read all the stories in the book of Acts, the things that Jesus did all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the miraculous things. But what was really miraculous that before he came here, he knew he was going to be crucified and he was willing to come and be crucified for us to give up his life so that we could receive his life. Amen? He took our sinful nature and gave us his godly nature I could read about all kind of stuff that he did but some of the things that Jesus did when he came look in Luke chapter 13 verse 16 and before I go into that verse there's a woman in the synagogue Jesus is preaching again on the on the Sabbath and he goes in there and this woman had a problem she had an infirm spirit. She was bowed together. The Bible says she could no wise lift up herself. 
So in verse 16, well, after Jesus, he laid hands on her, healed her. She got free, delivered. And the people that are in charge, the religious people, got mad at him because he healed this lady on the Sabbath day. They're mad at him. We're going to get you. Jesus couldn't do anything right in the eyes of religion. And today, Jesus can't do anything right in the eyes of religion. Mm. If reading the Bible makes you mad, it's probably because of religion. <laughs> I'm serious. If we read something, it's like, I don't agree with that. That's that religious spirit that we have that we've been taught something that's not real. And it messes with our mind. I'm telling you, Jesus a mess with your religion. He messed with mine for a while. And I finally caved in and said, look, dude, you said it. I'm going to believe it's written right here in the King James Version. And, of course, I thought King James was the only version you could read at the time. You know, that's what they told me. But when he backed up what he said, I believed it. So that's what we have to do or need to do. We don't have to. We don't have to believe anything he does or says but I highly recommend it highly recommend that we be those people that believe what he says so after they get mad at Jesus and they're talking about you did this on the Sabbath there's six days that men can work but not on the Sabbath so you messed up Jesus he said verse 16 ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan hath bound lo these 18 years be loose from this infirmity on the Sabbath? Who had her bound? Satan had her bound and Jesus loosed her on the Sabbath from her bondage. What did, he, what did Isaiah prophesy? The anointing of God was upon him to set the captive free, heal the sick, open blinded eyes. Jesus came and proved that he was who he said he was. And by the way, I'd like to stop for just a minute and say this. Jesus found out who he was by reading the Scriptures. I'm going to go over here and tell this side too. <laughs> Jesus found out who he was by reading the Scriptures. He's like, man, this is talking about me. And you know what? You're going to find out who you are by reading the Scriptures. You're going to be like, he's talking about me. See, we, I'm telling you, we have a bad problem of looking at the Scriptures saying, well, that was them people in the old, them, them really holy people. Them holy people is just like you holy people. People are people. I don't care if they were born in a church pew, what, you know, whatever. We're all alike. Jesus found out who he was by reading the scriptures. He identified with who God said he was, and he began to believe what the Word of God said about him. It's like, dude, that's me. That's what made them so mad when they wanted to throw him over the cliff. He's like, I'm this dude this is talking about. That's me. You're like, man... We know you. You carpenter's son. Can I get back to the blood and the father and all that when I was talking about earlier? He was born of a virgin, the blood of the father. He had to be born 
a spotless lamb of God to take away the sin of the whole world. He couldn't have been tainted. He couldn't have been just a son of man. He had to be the son of God so that we could become sons of God. He had to be the son of man born of a woman so that we could become sons of God. But he had to have pure blood in him, no blood from the Adam's race. Amen? So he was the spotless lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the world before we ever needed him. He was there waiting on us. The body he had to have was the one that he got. It took time for all of this to transpire when the angel told Mary, you're going to have a son. You're going to call him Jesus. She said, how is this going to happen? I don't know no man. He said, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit took place. Everything took place by the Spirit. Jesus was born. Can I get a witness supernaturally? If a virgin has a baby, it's supernatural. God does stuff supernaturally. I'm ready for God to do some stuff supernaturally in our lives. Amen? God is a spirit. Ought not this woman whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? He asked religious people, people, Look at Acts 10, 38. Y'all didn't believe I was going to get through all this, did you? I think I skipped one page, but I ain't, I'm not going to go back and look it up. <laughs> Acts 10, 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who did he anoint? He anointed Jesus of Nazareth. The man, Jesus, was anointed of God he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Who was oppressing the people? The devil. What did God do through Jesus? He went about doing what? Good. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God is a good God. Jesus did good things. He provided health and healing. Remember in Psalms, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. It says, And forget not all His benefits, who healeth all thy diseases, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. And people say, Well, if He heals all sickness, how can... That be, because I've seen people that didn't get healed. He, in his wisdom, in his word, in his heart, we're all healed. In his wisdom heart, in, in his word, we're all forgiven. We have to receive it. And there's many reasons why we don't. The enemy fights us to keep us from getting what God has. Just like these people in, that I just read about, the woman, it's a miracle that she got healed sitting in the crowd that was against her getting healed. Amen. Can You understand what I'm saying? Remember last week we talked about the dude getting let down through the roof? 
They tore the tiles back, let the guy down. He got healed. They got mad because he got healed and they didn't. The Spirit of the Lord was present to heal them, the Bible says, but they rejected the presence of the Lord. There's so many reasons why people don't get saved. You know, there's people that don't get saved and it's the church's fault sometimes. You didn't think you'd hear a preacher say that, did you? See, there's a lot of times, some people don't like me, but there's a lot of people that preach condemnation. Somebody comes in needing to be saved and, and preachers like me make them mad and run them off before they get saved. And that's not my intentions, I promise you, I promise you. It's like, but sometimes people get hurt in church because somebody says or does something that they don't like and they're leaving and they ain't coming back. Please don't leave here. Amen? I'll, you know, I'll ask for forgiveness if I have to because I know sometimes I say some things that messes and tweaks with people's mind. You know, it's like, oh, I don't know about that guy. <laughs> There's people just like me at Walmart and you go there every day. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, I mean, we, we're here, here we are. You can pack up and leave, and when you get there, you're right there. There you are. I hope that you see that the enemy's bad. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the one that brings sickness, disease. God is good. He desires for us to be saved he desires for us to be healed he provided salvation for us before we were ever born it was sitting here waiting on us as a matter of fact salvation was waiting on all of mankind but it, it took time to play out for him to get the virgin for him to have his son be born through a virgin and have the blood of the father spotless lamb of god that was his sacrifice was sufficient on that one page I left out a while ago John the Baptist was baptizing people and Jesus came to Jordan and John the Baptist was looking at the people he said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world one of the things that Jesus did only one of the things was come to take away the sin of the whole world because the whole world was in sin we were in sin and most of us have been born out of sin we've been born again and we live for him we're not perfect none of us are perfect but we've been born again praise God we accepted what he did on our behalf and hopefully you have the best gift that's ever been given to mankind is Jesus Christ I mean, by far, the best gift. I would highly recommend that if we've not received that gift, the best gift you can ever get, Jesus Christ, be a good time in our life to let Him be our Lord, to let Him be King of our lives. Amen? And I'm not even going to give a quote-unquote altar call tonight. I just want to encourage you. It's this simple. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. You accept what he did 
on your behalf. Just give him your life. Give him your sin and take a hold of his righteousness. Remember where the scripture says, He who knew no sin was made to be sin for me, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. He makes us righteous by faith. Just simply by faith. I believe what you did for me and I receive it. It's that simple. Before you go home tonight or after you get home tonight or on the way home tonight or tomorrow. I wouldn't wait another day though. I wouldn't be like one more night with the frogs. I'd be like, I think I'm going to just go ahead and let Jesus be my Lord tonight. I'm just going to let Jesus be my Lord. Y'all do that. And then let me know about it. If you've never been born again, I want you to do that. It don't take another man to witness to you or nothing. You just have to, by faith, believe in your heart what the Word of God says about you and your salvation. Bought and paid for through Jesus, through what He did, not what you do. You can't get good enough to be saved. He already saved you. Just receive it. Amen. Let me pray before we go home. Praise God. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the work that you did through your son Jesus. Even in advance, before we needed a Savior, he was ready. Father, I thank you that you provided the way for us to come to you. That he came to earth that we might be able to go to heaven because of what he did on our behalf. And I just thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ, your son. And I thank you, Father, for your love to us. And I pray that we share this love that you've given us with everyone around us. Let this season in life be a great time to, to reflect back on you and what you did on our behalf. Thank you for the best gift ever, your son Jesus. I thank you for it. Father, we lift up some families here tonight. There's a there was a request come in before service of a, of, of a person that has lost a, a, just a baby, just a few days old. And they're not here, but they're, they know these people. And we want to lift that family up to you, Father. We pray that you, by your Spirit, minister to their hearts. Speak peace to them right now. Father, those that are struggling with sickness, we pray, Lord, you send your word and heal them. Deliver them from destruction. Father, for people maybe uh, struggling with addictions, Father, I just thank you and I praise you that your grace is sufficient, that your grace is the power of God that gives us the ability to do what we cannot do without your grace. Thank you, Father. You said if we come boldly unto the throne of grace that we'd obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I just pray for every individual in this room, Father, whatever we're going through that we're struggling with, I thank you, Father, that you've already given us deliverance, that you've set us free. We know the truth, and the truth is making us free. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. And if you do need...